How many thankful for the firm foundation that Jesus brings us? Are you thankful for that? He's worthy of all the praise. Hey, today's been a good day. Come on. Today's been a good day. So I'm, I may have broken traffic violations rules on the way here from the other campus trying to get here in time for worship. I love worship. Yeah. I led worship for a long time, and I love worship. It's, it's something that is so important. Sometimes we can go ahead and we can get into a posture that uh, we just receive, you know, during the Word of God, and that's good. But worship is a time where you're interacting with the Holy Spirit. You're interacting with God. And it's a time where you're not just sitting back, but you're actually interacting with the Holy Spirit. And it's so critical of why we gather together corporately. You know, we, we gather here not to start the week, even though that's a good, good way of looking at it. We gather here to celebrate all that God has done in the previous week. This is why we gather. I hope God has been faithful to you this past week, and if he hasn't, I want us to lift our expectation, and I want to encourage you that God is for you. He's not against you. God hears you. He listens to you. He knows who you are. He knows your situation. And we're believing that uh, whatever you're praying for, God is going to do miracles on your behalf. Amen? Amen? Hey, today uh, I'm speaking on uh, the message. My message is entitled, Steps, Not Results. Steps, Not Results. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. Deuteronomy 1, verse 6 through 8. While you're doing that, this, this book uh, has a bad rap. This book is something that a lot of people stay away from, and I have to be honest, I stayed away from it for a long time. But this book has changed my life, this book of Deuteronomy. In fact, I've heard a, a, a pastor once say this when I've been studying over the past year on this book, that the real message of Deuteronomy you understand when you actually read it all in one sitting Everyone's like, we're not going to do that today, are we? I don't know. We'll have an altar time in two and a half hours. <laughs> now, this book is really a lot of love in this book from our God. And this book was written for leaders. The Bible says that new kings were to literally write this book verse for verse when they became a king. So they would literally write this. Deuteronomy 17, 18 tells us that. This book is for fathers and mothers leading their homes. This book is for business people leading in their community, trying to not just make profit, but make an impact in the world we live in. This is for leaders in the channels of culture, education and business and arts and media and entertainment and the social sector. If you're a homemaker in the home, this book was written for you. 
This book was written for all God's people. This book was to be read by everyone out loud every seven years. Men, women, children gathered reading this book verse by verse. So let's begin reading. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Some of you guys thought I was serious. I saw the back row. Come on now. It is for people also, for people that have forgotten the Lord. The book of First and Second Kings talks about kings that were falling away from the Lord. And this prophet named Hilkiah finds this dusty old book. It was this book of Deuteronomy. And he brings it to the king Josiah and says, hey, I found something. He reads it, loves it so much, and literally starts a reformation in Israel. This book is important. I love the New Testament. It talks about grace, and it talks about the New Covenant. But there's a lot about the Old Covenant that we sometimes miss on. I want all my kids to finish this statement. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and... We got to work on this. Jesus? Joseph? Joseph. See, a lot of times in this book, we think that it's about the children of Israel getting to the promised land. But we forget that it was just not to Joshua alone. It was a promise for Abraham, that God had given Abraham. This is how many generations this goes back to. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. And if you remember, Joseph's brothers come and ask to Egypt for ask for, and they ask Joseph for help when there was a famine in the land. And the Israelites end up staying in Egypt. And things were going good in Egypt, actually, when they first got there. And then things started going downhill. They became slaves to Egypt. And the Lord sends someone named Moses to their rescue. And he sends them not just to, to be there in Egypt, but he says, hey, remember the promised land. I'm here to take you to the promised land. So Moses freaking out a little bit, worried about this. How am I supposed to do this? And God says, just follow me step by step. And he takes them on a journey through the desert. And on this journey, God is providing for them every day. There's literally meals falling down from the sky. Can you imagine after church today, the potluck is in the, par- in the parking lot? <laughs> Just bread and birds. You're talking about an insurance nightmare. God is providing for them every day. And the tipping point of the story is this. The Lord speaks to them and says, it's time for you to enter the promised land. It's time for you to take your faith and turn it into the mission. I'm with you. Go. And guess what the children of Israel do? They start thinking about it a little bit. 
They send spies into the promised land. They check it out. And just like most of us, probably in this room today, we tell God why something can't happen. God, well, you know, really, I know this miracle may happen, but here's the reasons why this might not happen. Here's the reasons why this is not possible. I know you provided for us in the desert, God, but really, those giants, they're pretty big. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6 through 8, Moses is now talking to a generation that was born in the desert because their fathers and mothers refused to go into the promised land. The children of Israel refused to go in the first time, and God takes away provision from them and says, an entire generation is going to be lost. You will not see the promised land. And so he's reminding them, the current generation, of the conversation that happened initially when they were about to go into the promised land. That's where we pick it up. Verse 6, it says this, The Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb, saying, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and set your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighbors and the Arabah, in the hill country, and in the lowland, and in the Negev, and by the sea coast, the land of the Canaanites, and Lebanon, as far as the great river Euphrates. See, I have placed the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob, and to them and their descendants after them. I often think of how many times does our unbelief prolong the promises of God? How many times has God given us promises and we know what it is and he's given us a dream and we know what it is, but our unbelief prolongs the promise of what he has for us? I believe it's kind of normal sometimes to doubt, but when you start doubting God for a long time, that turns into unbelief. Have you checked the level of your unbelief lately? I didn't say your belief. I said your unbelief. Have you checked the life that you live? Is it a life of faith with a mission? Or is it a life that says, oh, maybe God will come through, but I don't know. Maybe I might have to think about this a little bit more and process it myself. Do we live a life of faith or do we live a life of unbelief? God changed the world with 12 people, 11 actually to be exact. We have, and I said this last week, I believe, we have a lot more here, New Song. Are we impacting our community? Are we impacting our families? Are we impacting our workplaces or are we just playing church? I love this quote by Warren Bursby. It says this. It's real, it's real easy. It's real easy. They're going to put it up on the screen. Unbelief wastes time. <laughs> Unbelief, it just simply wastes time. Unbelief tells us 
that maybe, just maybe, we can live a life to the fullest, but most likely we're going to settle for nominal Christianity. But God is saying, just like he said to the children of Israel, the promised land is secured, it's ahead of you, now just go. Will you go? See, the message of this book, the, the book of Deuteronomy, it's simple. At its core, it's about people with a faith becoming people with a mission. People with a faith becoming people with a mission. Remember, the children of Israel had faith. They were provided for every day by the Lord. They were going through the desert. They were going through the journey. And God was providing them for every day. Everything, everything they needed was given to them. Not just birds from the sky and bread from the sky, but fire by night, shade by day. They weren't even getting sunburnt, y'all. They didn't need sun lotion, sunblock, nothing. They just were going through to the promised land. But why didn't they make it? Why didn't they make it? It's because they didn't have enough faith? Was it because they didn't have enough courage? Was it because they weren't smart enough or they wanted to go back to Egypt even though some of them said that? No, it's because their faith didn't have a mission. Some of us here have been Christians for a long time, and we know how to be a Christian, but there's no mission to our Christianity. There's no evangelism happening in our lives. Some of us are probably some of the most grumpiest people in our workplaces. Some of us are the first to get angry at our kids. Nobody say amen to that. For the kids here, right, they're listening to me right now, you're close to Jesus. Some of us are the first to be disobedient. Some of us are the first to be sneaking around our parents until we get caught, and then we come back to Jesus <laughs> after the come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> I put it this way in a simple statement. That God leads in steps, and because he leads in steps, he's writing a story, and that story has a purpose, but every story needs us to take a step in obedience. Have you ever wondered this, why God never gives us a big picture of things? He's more worried about our obedience than he is about our destination, he wasn't teasing the children of Israel when he was saying, I want you to go into the promised land right now. He was wanting one thing and one thing alone. It was their obedience. Every step has a story, and every story has a purpose. Every step has a story, and every story has a purpose. What do I mean by that? Every day, God is giving us nudges. The Holy Spirit is telling us and changing us. Are we being obedient to what he's saying? Every day, the Lord's asking us to take steps. 
Are we being obedient or do we need to know why before we actually do it? The step represents how we move towards the will of God through our obedience. The story represents what he is writing in our lives. The purpose represents why his ways are perfect. I have a six-year-old, a one-year-old, and another one on the way. Pray for me. We tried to space them out five years in a row. It did not work with the last one. I don't know what happened. They need to give my money back. That's all I'm saying. But my six-year-old, Aria, uh, she is getting to a stage in her life where she loves this one word. One word. Every time I ask her to do something, she says, why? She knows not to say no. (laughs) Y'all forget I'm Indian. Come on now. We got some discipline in our homes. Why? 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 Every step has a story, and every story has a purpose. So many times in our lives, in our journey with God, before we actually commit to being obedient to God in the step, we say, but that's not how God works. God never answers why first. He answers why last. The step represents our obedience. The story represents what he is writing today. The purpose represents why. Probably if you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, you're probably in a journey and you're like, well, looking back now, 2020, hindsight, God has been faithful. Have you said that before? What if we move from a stance of being so defensive in our Christianity and we move to being on the offense? What if we just got to a place of saying, God, whatever it is, whatever you're asking me to do right now today, I'll do. I'll figure about the why later. I think as as humans, we have a tendency to get on the back seat, and try to control things. And God is asking us to lose control. What if we all lost our control? What would happen to Cleveland Heights? What if the Holy Spirit's talking to you in your cubicle Monday morning, and the boss is coming right around the corner, the one that you absolutely cannot stand, and you have been praying that he gets fired or she gets fired, and the Lord tells you, say hello and be nice. Well, Holy Spirit, you know, no. I I pray for him and getting fired. But being nice, it's just my personality. Are we listening to the nudges of the Holy Spirit? Are we willing to say yes? I love basketball. How many guys love basketball here? So uh, I haven't played in a few weeks, so if we play sometime soon, forgive me. My elbows might get a little locked and the shot's a little off. But one of the things I love about basketball is this. It's called the three-point shot. Cavs fans are like, not a good thing around here, Pastor. Don't bring this up. (laughs) Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant. Should I keep going? (laughs) 
just raining threes all the time. You know why threes are awesome? Because they're three points. So many times we as Christians settle for free throws. We need to start shooting some threes, people. We got to get out there. We got to stop being so afraid and believe God said what he said, and we're going to trust his words, and we're going to go on the offense. Now, that doesn't mean that we start going crazy and hitting people with Bibles. Time out, time out. That means we're listening and being obedient to what he is saying right now, today. So this afternoon, most of you guys will be eating somewhere. Come on, some of you guys are already hungry. They're like, wrap it up, pastor. It's 1228. I said the time for you. That's exactly the time. I understand. I'm kind of hungry, too. But you know that you can have an impact on the server's life. You know you don't have to share your faith. You can just love on somebody by just listening to what the Holy Spirit is telling you to say. You can go into the restaurant and you can actually just say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? Sometimes it is talking to the server and the waitress or the waiter. Sometimes it is blessing them with something. Sometimes it's actually letting someone else grab the parking space in the front of the restaurant without cutting them off. I said this to the Orange Village campus. I said, hey, in a few months from now, we'll have these stickers that you can put on the back of your car. It says New Song Church. You know, it'd be pretty cool. But here's the deal. How many guys get upset at a drive-thru because they didn't give you enough ranch? People are raising hands. Put your hands down, people. Put your hands down. This is not a good thing. The reality is the Holy Spirit is speaking to each one of us. This is not just for pastors alone. This is for us as a body of believers. If we're going to impact this city as a church, if we're going to impact this community, if God is going to use us, New Song Church, it's going to take all of us to be in sync with what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us today. Don't be driving off that, peeling out of that drive through I can't believe they charged me 45 cents for an extra pack of ranch. Because you represent not just this church. You are a child of God. You represent Jesus. Every step has a story. And every story has a purpose. Amen? Sometimes it's easier to trust the God of the promises. In other words, the promises of God. God's taking us somewhere. God's going to do this. God's going to prepare a miracle for me. But the God of the process, I don't know. I like the God of the promise. It's big. It's grand. It's out there. It's away from me. The God of the process is demanding obedience today. Are we listening to him? Are we listening to his whisper? A people with the faith can be deployed to be a people with the mission. A person with a faith to a person with a mission. A church with a faith to a church with a mission. Are you on mission today? Or are you just living nominal Christianity? 
Are you just living a life that just says, hey, I'll show up to Sunday, I'll show up to Wednesday, I'll show up to small group, I'll go ahead and give my tithe, I'll go ahead and serve? These are all great things. But are you missing out on the opportunities of the Monday and the Tuesday and the Thursday and the Friday and the Saturday? Are you missing out on the opportunities in your family to love the child that is so out of sight of the gospel? Are you willing to love them through this stage or are you the first one to remind them what a failure they are? Are you speaking words of life or are you speaking words of death? I want to encourage you today to move from a faith, which is good to have faith. A life with a faith that's Christ-centered, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But to move from faith to a mission, wow, what God could do. Do you know what stories we could hear if we all just got missional and we started activating what God is doing in our lives and our gifts and our talents and say, God, use me. I don't need a stage. I don't need a mic. I don't need a place. Go ahead and use me. You know, this is a little bonus extra. Orange Village didn't get this. The kingdom of God is upside down. It's upside down. It's upside down because leadership starts with serving. Leadership starts when we serve our city, when we serve our home, when we serve men, when we serve our families, when we serve our community and our school, our workplaces, when we serve. The world teaches us that leadership is when people serve us. This is why we need to move from faith to a mission. So real quick, I want to give you three things, three things that are practical for us to move from faith to mission. Okay, faith to mission. First is this, break free from being defined by your past. Verse 6 says this, the Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb saying, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. There are two parts of that statement. The first one is this, you have stayed long enough. Stability is not God's promise. Oh my goodness, I said it. I was kind of afraid to say this because, you know, this is America and we believe in being comfortable. (laughs) Stability is not God's promise. Faithfulness to his word is. And that faithfulness comes from him. Now, stability, mentally, emotionally, I get it. That's a good thing. But having a comfortable life is not what God intended for us as Christians and followers of Jesus. When your life is uncomfortable, are you wondering why God hasn't healed you or blessed you? Or are you saying, God, you're in control. I believe that you are in control. Whether you heal me or not, my faith is in you because I am faithful to the word that you gave me. Robin read scripture about healing. By his stripes, we are healed. I am counting on the faithfulness of God for healing in my life. I'm not counting on healing to happen outside of his word. I am counting on no matter how uncomfortable things may get, 
I know he is faithful even to the end. Stability is not the promise. His faithfulness to his word is. Amen? Amen. The second part is this. At this mountain long enough. You have stayed at this mountain long enough. The problem wasn't the mountain, Horeb or Mount Sinai. There was nothing wrong with that mountain. It was the timing of that mountain. So many times we hold on to things from our past. So many times we hold on to words and promises from our past. So many times we go ahead and hold on to people from our past. And we're wondering where God is. He's already ahead. The provision has left. Don't overstay your provision. Your provision is where the word of God is. Don't overstay. Are you overstaying your welcome in the provision that maybe God gave you 10 years ago and you're still living it out? And you're wondering, God, where are you? I'm here doing all kinds of stuff. God, I'm here praying and fasting and believing and giving and doing everything I can do. I'm even asking Papa Frank to pray for me and nothing's going on. But maybe provision is with the word of God. Just like the children of Israel, they got so used to living in the desert, desert became home. They didn't need the promise anymore. They were listening to food coming from the air. God, some of us can live like this. Have you gotten used to living in the desert? Some of us, the joy of Christianity, Psalm 51, just not there. The joy of our salvation. Remember when you remember, how many guys remember when you first gave your heart to God? Man, it was just like it was like this moment where you're just not only joy is filled your life, but you're like, God, use me. God, I'll do whatever it takes. God, if I need to come in here and vacuum, if I need to go ahead and talk to somebody on the streets, if I need to minister to my coworkers, you just tell me. This is why the Bible teaches us that the faith of children is the kind of faith we need. Because when they experience something, they just do it. But we have become professional Christians sometimes. We need proper exegesis, hermeneutics. We need an expository sermon. We need a full band with a bass guitar. I'm praying that in. Come on. We need all of this stuff to get us going. And if we don't get this stuff, we're not going. God's not interested in this service. He's interested in our worship of our life. If you're here today and you're a little far from God, that's okay. Just go to him right now. Speak to him in your language. Speak to him in a way that he can hear you. And he can speak to you and he'll tell you. If you're far from God here today, your next step is just to make a decision to follow Jesus, to make him Lord of your life. And what does that mean? That's saying, every decision I make, I'm coming to you. My life, my heart, my wallet, it's yours. Don't worry, we're not going to take up an offering. Have we overstayed our provision. A lot of people ask me why Ohio. In fact, my daughter did too. 
like, Dad, why are we moving to Ohio? Where is Ohio? <laughs> you know what I told her? I could have explained to her, this is a job, and we're assemblies of God, and went through the district, and there was a process, and the search committee, and the board, and the hours, and the crying, and the good times, and I could explain all that to her, but you know what she understood? Provision is waiting for us in Ohio. So guess what, baby girl? We are going to Ohio. Amen? Some of you guys are like, you've been here for a couple of weeks, you haven't found a home. How's that going? Provision is in Ohio. I'm not worried about it. I got nothing to worry. Every step has a story. And every story has a A year from now, we're going to look back and be like, God got us the home that we needed with all of his perfections and all of his imperfections. And God is in control. Man, that's a lot of weight off my shoulders. This feels good. This kind of Christianity feels vibrant. Feels like there's something to do. Doesn't feel boring. It's fun. It's exciting. It's good preaching. There was new steps and new dreams. Way to go. Way to go. Way to go. Every time, listen, every time, I don't care who's up here, okay? Every time, if we have a guest speaker of anybody's up here, it helps. You know what I'm saying? A little amen, a little uh, boy. Come on. Amen. Some of you guys are like, you need that? Oh, absolutely. The children of Israel didn't realize that there was new steps and new dreams and new direction at hand. They were worried about the battles ahead of them. Here's the second thing. Overcome the fear of the future. The fear of the future. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, turn, set, and go. Tell them, turn, set, and go. Verse 7 says this, turn and set your journey. And go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighbors of the Rabbah in the hill country and in the lowland and in the Jev and by the seacoast, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. Notice with me that the Israelites were given general direction. They were given boundaries. Oftentimes God tests our motives and our dreams in the steps leading to our destiny by just giving us a general direction of what we need to do to see if we will be obedient to the next step. That's why he never gives us a specific plan. He just gives us the next step. He gives us the promise, but he gives us the next step towards the promise. So if I I was to tell you right now that God is calling you to be missional within the Heights area, you guys would be like, okay, yeah, I, I know this area pretty good. That'd be, that's good. What if I said it was to all of Cleveland? Parma, Lakewood, Westside. Some of you guys' eyes are getting bigger. and like, Westside? There is a Westside? It exists. 
then you're like, I, I, yeah, we'll see. I probably want to stay closer to the east side. West side? Okay, God. But what if I told you God was calling you to Texas? What if God spoke to you and said, I got a mission for you in Texas to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, about 5 million people. Would you be obedient? I don't know, Pastor. It's kind of hot down there. It's 113 degrees. Are you sure? I mean, God spoke this to me, but what do you think? What does the Word of God say about this? Maybe, I was, maybe it's the pizza last night. Let me go ahead and take it a little step further. What if God was calling you to China? And he said, just fly to Beijing. When you get to Beijing, tell them that God called you to Beijing. Would you do that? See, we have put parameters on how we can be obedient. We have to unleash those parameters and see what God does. You would be shocked how God uses you. You don't need a title reverend. You don't need a title evangelist. You don't need a title apostle. You don't need a title missionary. You just need to be you and unleash the gifts, talents, and the call that God has put on your life. Are you being obedient to that? Overcome the fear of the future. Notice with me again that the Lord was telling them to turn, set, and go. Turn from your current direction. Set your new destination and let go. I know it's getting a little late right now, but about a year ago, in October of last year, the Lord gave me a promise. And it was a prophetic word. I was in Chicago at Al Toledo's church, Chicago Tab. And there was a group of pastors meeting there. And the God, God prophetically spoke to these men. It was an incredible time of prayer. And they spoke over me and said, Clint, I see God's about to shoot you out like like, a, like from something out of a slingshot. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I get words like that, I'm ready to dance. Because I'm like, it's happening tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening this week. It's happening this month. It didn't happen. For months, I remember back in February of this year, the vision that I got when this prophetic word was given to me was the, the part that where you actually put something to shoot from was around my waist and the Lord's telling me to go away from where I should be getting launched from. And decision after decision, step after step, I'm wondering, God, what, what are you doing? Why? I know I want to be obedient, but this doesn't make any sense. Just like the children of Israel. How does this make sense, God, for us to go fight giants? But being obedient. And then comes this church. Send me an email. Hey, we are interested in talking to you. You're one of our candidates. And I start connecting with them. And I'm telling you, something started resonating with my spirit. And May 6th, you guys know this. We came here. We hung out with you guys on Saturday. 
You did your homework, good questions, great leaders here. For seven or eight hours, we were grilled. (laughs) My wife and I. And then we preached here. And that weekend, the Lord told me, see, Clem, you don't know what I was doing. I was asking you to keep going, and you thought you were going in the wrong direction. You thought you were going and doing things you weren't supposed to, but step by step, step by step, it may seem like no one could see you anymore. It may seem like your people didn't understand you. It may seem like friends were saying that you didn't know what you were doing, which they did. For months, I sounded like I was flip-flopping. What's God speaking to you? I don't know, but he told me something's about to happen. He promised me the slingshot's about to happen. Where is it, Clint? I don't know. Imagine telling your pastor, God's asking me to be a lead pastor, and nothing's going on. Most of you guys don't know this. I had already said no to three churches, two of them in the initial stages of the process, one of them further in. We're not going to Ohio. But when May 6th happened, I remember on the flight back to Texas, the Lord told me, Clint, it's time to turn Set the new destination and go. That's all God's asking us to do. That's all God wants from us. Just be obedient. See, it doesn't make sense by the world's thinking to go the opposite direction. But God knew what he was doing. Of course the slingshot. Oh, what was I thinking? What was I crying about? But those months were full of choices of obedience that did not make sense. Are we being obedient to the Lord? That brings me to my third point. If Sonia or somebody can get up here and play for us. Choose obedience over sacrifice. Verse 8 says this, See, I have placed the land before you, Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and to them and their descendants after them. In the kingdom of God, the word of God precedes precedes our obedience. What does that mean? Precedes. That means when God gives you a word, it's already at the destination. All he is wanting is our obedience. Have you heard the word of God say, everyone pay attention to me, everyone pay attention to me, I know there's a lot going on behind me. (laughs) Have you heard the term, obedience is better than? Sacrifice. Why is it? Why is obedience better than sacrifice? Because anything you sacrifice for the kingdom of God, God can replace. He can replenish, but he cannot make you obey. This is where the fork is in the road for us, new song. As a church, as people, as a community, are we going to obey or are we going to do what's comfortable? Are we willing to get uncomfortable to see God's purposes fulfilled or are we going to choose to be comfortable? Are we willing to go where no one before has gone because God is asking us 
to be obedient to the next step. Some of you guys are waiting for a miracle with the prodigal son or daughter in your home. Are you in step with what God is saying to you? Some of you guys, just inside of you, emotionally, there's so much chaos happening. Have you listened to the Holy Spirit and taken your next step? Maybe it is to get counseling. Maybe it is to talk to somebody and to let them know you need help. Are you being obedient to God? God will never ask you to do or to go without equipping you. Do you believe that? In life, when you feel like God has given you a task, a dream, a step, a business idea, a venture, a mission that's bigger than your imagination or your ability, that's a good thing. In fact, that's a great thing. When you don't know what's going to happen, he's giving you a clear next step. Recognize this, the word of God that he's given you goes before you. You got nothing to fear. You got nothing to worry about because he is leading you. He is leading us. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. See, I have placed Cleveland before you. It is yours for the taking. Claim that promise. See, I have placed the salvation of your son or your daughter before you. It is yours for the taking. See, your miracle is before you. It is yours for the taking. Will you be obedient in your next step? If he's going before you, he's already ahead of you. Your job is to go in and possess what is already yours. If God's given you a word, it's already yours. Now, I'm not saying you you name it and you claim it. Some of my theologians in the crowd, I think that sounds like name it, claim it theology. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying if God has given you a promise, you can bank on it. If God has said something to you, you hold on to it. Even when your friends think you're crazy, your family members are against it, you hold on to it because God is going to see you through. Some of us are facing incredible odds right now, but you're on the verge of backing down. You received a word from God, but the sacrifice is too great. Can I tell you again, ladies and gentlemen, that obedience is better than... Why? Because anything you sacrifice can be replaced. Anything. Anything we lose for the gospel. Anything we lose because we're obedient to Jesus. He can replace. He can replenish. Anything. A job. In some cases, a family. In some cases, finances. In some cases, relationships. He can replace. But he cannot make you obey. Will you obey today? Come on, will you be obedient to the Holy Spirit today? Let's close our eyes. With no one looking around. Really quick, really quick. No one looking around. Everyone close your eyes. Bow our heads if you can. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. You are here right now. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you that you are good. 
We thank you that there's next steps for each person here, Lord. We come against fear right now. And perfect love, Jesus, your word tells us, it casts out fear right now. So I come against the plans of the enemy, the words that have been spoken over our people right now. I break it in the name of Jesus and we plead the blood of Jesus for those that have been spoken over in the negative words that said that you're going to amount to nothing. I break it in the name of Jesus for dreams that are dead. I speak life. Dead bones rise again in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, for those that are sitting back on the sidelines and you've given purpose, you've given mission maybe 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I pray for courage and faith towards the mission, God, towards the mission of reaching our city, reaching our families, reaching this world, God. Whatever it takes, God, help us and use us, Lord. Help us right now. Holy Spirit, begin speaking and doing what only you can do. No man can do it, God. Convince us. Show us what you're doing right now in your own way, God. Speak to us. When no one looking around, I, I want to take this opportunity also to, to invite those of you that may be far from God. And you've been hearing me speak, and you're like, hey, this is great. Uh, I've kind of heard it all before. Maybe you've been around church for a long time. But I want to experience this God. I want to experience this King. I want to experience this Lord. I want to experience new life. I want to encourage you right now. If it's your first time, it is not the music. It is not a person. It's the presence of God. That's you right now, and you're saying, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Not a man, not a church. You're following Jesus with no one looking around. As a sign of faith, I just want you to shoot your hand straight up. This is between you and God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up. No one looking around. No one looking around, please. Go ahead and put your hands down. I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me. So this will help those that are making first-time decisions to follow Jesus. Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I make you the Lord and the King of my life. I resign to making decisions. Help me, Holy Spirit, to be more like Jesus. I accept the work of the cross. I accept the work of Jesus. And I make him Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. With no one looking around, no one looking around again. If this message is for you or was for you, and right now you're sitting there and you're thinking about the dreams that God has given you and the mission that God's given you, but you've been kind of stuck been kind of stuck in this place where you've been doing church a little bit, you've been kind of doing Christianity a little bit, but you want to go ahead and start fresh today. God's got a next step for you. If that's you right now, just lift your hands straight up. Come on, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. 
when we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, for each dream, for each mission, I pray that you would accomplish something unique, something special in our lives. Use us, I pray. Do what only you can do, God. Give us next steps right now for this day, for this afternoon, for this evening, for this week. Lord, next Sunday, God, I pray for testimonies and stories of as we step out in faith, doing what you call us to do, God, that you're accomplishing your mission through us, God. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hey, let's uh, stand up on our feet. Let's give a hand clap to Jesus for what he's done and what he's continuing to do. Hey, our board, our board and our spouses are coming right now to the front of the auditorium. And what they're coming out forward for is to pray with you. They want to pray with you and for you, okay? This is a confidential time. This is a house of prayer. We're believing for miracles. Don't leave here without getting prayed for. If you came in here for prayer, I want you to just go ahead and come on up. If you need prayer, just come on up while I say this. Last thing is this. If there are prayer requests, if there are prayer requests, if there are prayer requests, in your life right now. This connection card on the bottom, there's a little spot on the bottom. It's, it's white, it's wide open. Would you write down your prayer request? Every Tuesday, we're going to pray for these prayer requests. We're going to add it to the list. We already have a list, but we want to pray. Would you go ahead and write this down? Bring it to myself, give it to one of our leaders up here, and we're going to pray with you. If it's confidential, just write in there. It's confidential. Amen? And then so many of you made decisions to follow Jesus today. I want you to grab this card. I want you to write down your name, your info. I made a decision to follow Jesus, and I will call you this week, and I will help you with your next steps. If you don't have a Bible, we will give you a Bible. We will help you. We will help resource you to grow in God. Amen? God bless you. Thank you for being here. Happy Independence Day on Wednesday. We'll see you if you need prayer. Go ahead and come on up to the front. God bless you. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap before we leave.